Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. Those of you here in the room, those of you joining us online, we are glad to have you with us today. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Uh, we do believe that's true. That's, that's why I'm here today, uh, is because I believe that the Lord meets us as we gather together. Uh, whether we're in the room, whether we're uh, gathering online, uh, we need to know that God is with us, that he meets us right where we are. Um, especially on a day like this, where I got a lot less sleep than I would like last night, the time change plus other things. So um, let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray as we begin. Thank you, God. For meeting us here, right where we are, right in the midst of whatever we happen to be going through today, you meet us in the reality of life. And we are grateful for that, God. And we pray that today, as we worship you, as we sing to you and pray to you and listen for your spirit speaking through the scriptures, as we gather around the table of our Lord Jesus, God, we pray that in all that we do, we might be aware of your presence, uh, the reality of your love for us, and the grace that you give. Help us, God. Uh, to be able to take all that we bring with us and to offer it to you, knowing that you're the God who cares about all that we carry with us. You're the God who cares about us. Thank you, God. Thank you that you not only care, but you have the power to change our circumstances. You have the ability to, uh, to heal what is broken, to wash away shame and guilt, to, to give wisdom, to give strength, to give peace. God, we are trusting in you today and in your ability to, uh, to connect with us and to draw us closer to you so that we can walk through this life with an awareness of your presence, uh, so we can walk through this life looking at ourselves and the people around us from your perspective. Thank you, God. Thank you for inviting us into this time to worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're interested and able, let's stand and let's sing. the king who is coming to reign glory to jesus the lamb that was slain life and salvation his empire shall bring and joy to the nations when
that you would reign in us. We're offering up our lives, a living sacrifice, that you would reign, that you would reign in us. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh again. Come search your hearts and purify our lives. We need your perfect love. We need your discipline. We're lost unless you've got us with your life. Lord Jesus, come lead us. We're desperate for your touch. Oh, great and mighty one, with one desire we come that you our lives, a living sacrifice, that you would reign, that you would reign in us, O great and mighty one, with one desire we come, that you would reign, that you would reign in us, we're offering up our lives, a living that you would reign, that you would reign in us. Amen. Psalm 24.3 says, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity or is sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and come the King of glory. And the King of Glory shall come in. We bow our hearts, we bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from me. Let us not lift our souls to 
we cast down our idols. Give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Generation that seeks, seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. Oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. We bow our hearts, we bend our knees. Spirit, come make us humble. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's continue the prayers that we've started with these songs. God, we do depend on you and invite you to do this work in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. We acknowledge that we need your grace and your mercy, especially during this season of Lent, uh, as we reflect on on our own sinfulness. Uh, We invite you, God, to make us aware of those areas in our life where, where we're falling short. Sometimes, God, we're very aware, and it's right in front of us, and we can't miss it. Other times, we need your help. Uh, to see ourselves the way we really are because we have grown so accustomed to our excuses and uh, our justifications. Thank you, God. Thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for your patient kindness, the ways that you continue to help us to grow, continue to help us to, to shift, to repent, to turn toward you, to grow closer to you to reflect your love and your grace out into the world better each and every day. This is your Holy Spirit's work in our lives, God, and we are so grateful. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And thank you, God, for the healing that you bring to to those of us who the the main thing we're dealing with is, is the sins of others, the ways that we have been hit by others, the ways our lives have been impacted God, you, you are with us in the midst of that and, and help us to, uh, to have strength. You, you bring healing. You bring wholeness. Sometimes, God, we, we find ourselves blaming ourselves for the things done that, that other people did to us. And God, I pray you'd set people free of that today. Anyone who's sitting here under a load of shame or guilt for something that someone else did, God, I pray that you would, that you would lift that burden from them that you would help them to know just how fully they are loved by you and that they can experience your healing presence with them today. Thank you, God, that in the midst of a world rocked by selfishness and violence and the things we see on the news, the things we see in our own lives, God, we thank you that you are present with us, that you... That you that you see us through those times, God, that you give us that strength. Just like today, you are giving strength and hope to, to people in Ukraine. 
Just like today, you're giving strength and hope to, to people right here in our own community who are struggling with uh, violence that's been done to them or, or struggling with joblessness or homelessness or whatever it might be, God. You are with us, granting us strength, giving us hope, leading us step by step into the life that you have for us. Help us, God, to, to lean into you, to trust that even when we don't see your hand at work, that you are with us that you love us, that you are at work for our good. Thank you, God, for inviting us to join you in this work. Thank you for the, the transformation of your Holy Spirit that, that takes selfish, angry, greedy, messed up sinners like us, like me, and you transform us, God, into a people who can be merciful, a people who can be generous, a people who can be kind, who can be respectful. You take evil people and you make us good. God, we are so grateful for this. Please continue your good work in us and, and through us, God. Continue your good work in the world. We are so grateful. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thanks. Now, uh, we started this last week. We're going to go ahead. If you would like to greet each other, we can shake each other's hands again. It's okay. We're going to take a minute. If you want to greet someone, if you can still, if you'd like to keep your distance, that's fine. You can just give a little wave, let people know, you know. And we understand you're going to be respectful. You're not going to get right up in someone's business. You know. All right. All right, it's time to quit terrorizing the introverts among us and, and let them have their peace. So it's, that's it. Uh, and my apologies, those of you who are joining us online, please let us know that you're with us. Drop us a note in the comments or, or go to livinghope.info slash connect. Uh, shoot us a note. Let us know that you're with us, that you're worshiping with us today, uh, that you are, uh, if there's some way we can pray for you or thank God with you, we would love to connect with you. So please, uh, we, we can't rub shoulders with you today and, uh, and catch up. So please let us know what's going on and how we can uh, celebrate with you or pray for you or whatever that might be. And uh, those of you in the room, you can do that same thing. You can go to that website on your phone right now if you'd like, or there's some little green cards back there by the offering box. Just before you go, you can jot us a note on that and, uh, and drop it in there. And if you're giving something today, you can drop it in there as well. Or uh, many of us now give online. You can go to livinghope.info slash give and give right there. Uh, as, uh, as before, I'm just going to mention again, it's right on the front of these little notes, if you've got one of those, in bold, is that link to give to help the people of Ukraine through Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. If you want to help uh, funnel some resources directly to the churches and leaders who are right there uh, in the midst of it, um, we invite you to do that. And then um, there's another opportunity we put that we hadn't mentioned it uh, much yet this year, so it's on the back here, and it was in the little uh, announcement slides going before the service that the Global 6K for Water is right around the corner, May 21st. If you'd like to join us, you can sign up today uh, there at valpo6k.com. And uh, some of you are wondering, like, oh, where's Pastor Judy? You know, she's usually the one that, like, you know, does a little prayer and, and all that, and we haven't seen her. And she is, uh, along with, uh, oh, a couple hundred other clergy women uh, out in Texas. They had a Women's Holiness Clergy Women Conference. I can't remember the name of it exactly. Uh, but there were a whole bunch of them gathered together uh, down there, and she's uh, coming, making her way back uh, later today and will be with us next week. Uh, but we're, uh, we're thrilled that uh, she was able to, we were able to help help her go to that, that conference to be encouraged. Uh, it's not easy all the time to be a, a woman pastor. There are a whole lot of folks out there that they bump into women pastors and, and feel like they need to tell them, like, hey, I disagree with your whole 
calling and your you know, choice of career and what, what, God, what you believe God's called you to do. And, and uh, so every now and then they just need encouragement, someone saying thank you, <laughs> thank you for what you do. And uh, I know many of you appreciate the ministry that, that Pastor Judy brings to us here at Living Hope. I know I certainly do. Um, all right, if you didn't get one of these little books yet, I think there are still like five or six of them out there, and I hope you'll grab one because we are going through these 40 days is the name of the book, this Lenten season leading us toward Easter, Easter Sunday, April 17th, and, uh, and it's been good. I've been hearing feedback from some of you saying, man, I really appreciate each day we've been walking through um, Matthew chapter 5, the, the Beatitudes, the blessings that Jesus pronounces at the beginning of his Sermon on the Mount this past week. And, and so we're, we're coming to a conclusion of that this week. Um, I know last week we kind of gave the, the intro overview uh, to that whole section of Scripture, and today we're just uh, coming in on the, on the end of it. So I'm going to read again the way that Jesus begins his Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 5. Um, it, Matthew begins that chapter saying, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And last week I was encouraging you, you know, be a disciple of Jesus. You know, come close to him during these 40 days. Come close and let him teach us. You know, let's listen to Jesus. Let's learn from him. We all have something to learn from him. And he starts out by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is how Jesus begins this extended set of teaching by proclaiming blessings on people that many people would overlook or think are not blessed, that we often see folks in these circumstances and think, well, they're not blessed. But Jesus comes to them and says, no, no, God knows you. He is with you. He blesses you because the kingdom of heaven is coming. And, and he, is, he is helping to bring that into the world, the reign of God, the rule of God, as, as God is turning things right side up. And so this last week, each day, they've been stepping through one of these and, and kind of connecting them with our lives. And I was encouraged this week that, to be reminded that these are not commands. We're not commanded to, be, to mourn. We're not commanded to be meek. That's not what Jesus is doing here. He's observing that this is what happens when, when God is in charge. When the rule of God is present in our lives, then these are the kinds of people that, that are blessed by God, blessed by us. And so we, he was, we've been observing, along with the, uh, the pastor who wrote this book, um, how, how, is it, how can we live in this world empty-handed, depending on God, you know, kind of poor in spirit, you know, just depending on him? Uh, how can we mourn our own sinfulness, letting go of our self-righteous pride? How, how can we live humble enough to, to know that we can't secure our own futures, but we can confidently trust in the God who is with us? And we can live hungry for God's work in our lives, aware of how much we've been forgiven, the mercy that we have been shown, live fully surrendered to God, letting him purify our hearts and our motives as we live in this world. And then today we're getting to this, uh, if you've read it already, you've already read what, what he has to say uh, about being peacemakers here in the world and, and how that might be connected to being persecuted. Um, these, these last two uh, might be side by side for a reason. What does it mean to be a peacemaker? Um, I've been thinking about that a little bit this week because um, 
I've just been thinking about ways we use those words, you know, like uh, if we make peace, like what's it mean to make peace? And I thought, well, sometimes we make peace with a situation, right? It's like I, like I have made peace with the fact that I am not going to win the Chicago Marathon this fall. I'm going to try to run it with, with World Vision and raise some money, but I am not going to win. I've made peace with that, like a long time ago. That's not something I'm going to do. Some of you have made peace with the fact that uh, you're not going to ever stand on a stage and sing in front of millions of people, you know, to, to roaring applause. You've made peace with the fact that you're not going to uh, make it into the NBA or the NFL or the MLB or whatever professional sports league that you, you know, were hoping to be a part of, the NHL. Uh, yeah, I've forgotten a few. Um, soccer. Anyway, you've made peace with that. We, we use that phrase sometimes to say, I'm making peace with a situation. I'm just accepting that that's how it is. I don't, I don't think that's what he's saying here. I don't think he's saying, blessed are you if you just kind of make peace with the reality of life. Uh, although that's a good thing to do. That's a good thing to live in reality, not in a fantasy world. Um, oftentimes, when we think of, uh, think of making peace, we, what we really mean is keeping the peace, right? Like, uh, and I think we mentioned this last week, and I know if we talked about this before, like, you just, just you, so you just don't bring up that topic when the family comes together, right? You don't talk about that uncle's racism, you don't talk about that cousin's addiction, you don't talk about, you know, you just don't bring up, you know, religion or politics or whatever the topic is, you know, you just don't bring that up because you just want to keep the peace, right? You don't want to bring up that difficult topic. And many of us have learned to live that way, and there's nothing wrong with, like, knowing that there's a time and a place to have a conversation with somebody about something, Right? Uh, but that's not what Jesus is talking about here, I don't think, either. I don't think he's saying, you know, blessed are you if you manage to avoid uncomfortable conversations. Um, in, in fact, it might be the opposite of that, because you might have to, have to make peace. You might have to actually have an uncomfortable conversation with someone, right? There are multiple times in Scripture that we are encouraged to, to seek peace with others, to do our best to live at peace. In fact, I included some of them there in your notes. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And to be holy. That doesn't just mean like, so, you know, go through life walking on eggshells around people. That says, no, no, we're, we're going to live in peace. We're going we're gonna to live our lives in such a way that we can live at, at peace with people. Not constantly poking people in the eye. Not constantly, you know, um, hurting those around us. We're going to do our best to live in peace. Now, that doesn't mean it's always possible. Some people will just refuse to live at peace with you, right? They just want to start a fight anytime you're together. And that's where I'm, I'm glad that the Apostle Paul said to the Christians in Rome, if it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Like, you can control your side of this relationship. You can't control what they do. You know, they might just make it impossible for you to live at peace. They just might, uh, they might never accept the, the, the decision that you've made. They might never accept the, the career you've chosen to go in or the person you've decided to have a relationship with or whatever it might be. And they might just never let that go. And they might bring it up every time you're together. And, okay, well, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That other person's got a role to play, too. You don't need to feel bad if, if they refuse to live at peace with you. You're responsible for your part of this. Um, and, uh, and there's one other that, that came to mind that actually uses the phrase, make peace. In James chapter 3, it says, those who make peace sow the seeds of justice or righteousness by their peaceful acts. Saying we're, you can be actively making peace, working toward peace, sowing little seeds of justice by the things that you do, by, by living a life of peace, a life committed to peace. And sometimes that means that you're going to have those difficult conversations, right? Sometimes again, it means you're going to bring up that topic that you've been hoping to avoid when the family's together, and so privately you're going to them and saying, hey, this, is, this seems to be a problem, you know, and, and I'm seeing something that I don't think is, is healthy in your life. Can we talk about it? Um, I care about you, and I want the best for you. 
And they may push back. They may want nothing to do with that. But you're hoping to, to bring peace. That word peace uh, isn't just the absence of conflict, right? The word peace in Scripture, uh, the, in the Hebrew Bible, they have this word shalom that um, um, maybe you've heard before uh, that refers to, it's translated as peace, and it's kind of this, this uh, it's a bigger word than just no one's hitting each other right now, right? It's a sense that life is good, that, there's a, that things are whole. Things have been made whole again. Things have been mended. Things are right with the world and with, with you. You're living in peace. And this, I think, is what Jesus is calling us toward, is, uh, is saying we are blessed when we, when we make peace. I don't have all these scriptures in your notes. I've got a few more that we're going to look at, but um, it reminds me of how uh, Jesus says um, to folks at one point, if you're, if you're there in Jerusalem, you've made your way to the temple, it, which was a big deal, you know, you, maybe you came once a year to the temple to do this. It wasn't like a, a weekly just showing up at church kind of thing, but if, if you finally made the long trek from where you live and you're at the temple and you're there, you're finally in the front of the line offering your sacrifice there and you remember that a brother or sister has something against you, you leave your gift there and you go and make it right and then you can come back and, and offer your gift at the altar. Jesus puts the... the responsibility on us says this is this is important important enough that you pause all your religious obligations your religious duties you go and try to make that right if you know they've got something against you 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 try to work for peace in that relationship you try to mend things if it's possible as far as it depends on you right and on the other side too there there are places in scripture that say if if uh if someone has hurt you you know if someone has sinned against you you go to them privately you know and and talk about it and try to make it right and if, they, if you can't work it out, you, you get some Christian brothers and sisters. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 18. You get two or three others, and you go to them, and you try to work it out. And you, you keep kind of you know, broadening the circle of people that you involve because your hope is to make peace. But you start by going to them privately, right? We, we all need to work on this. Because if somebody hurts us, our first inclination is to go to somebody else and say, like, man, I can't believe. Yeah, how's your day going? Oh, it was good until so-and-so said this. Oh, I can't believe they would say that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's really kind of ruined my day. All of a sudden, you're going to other people about it, right? Now you're gossiping about it behind their back. This is not, not good, all right? This does not make peace. These are not planting seeds of justice, all right? This is planting seeds of, of chaos and turmoil and, you know, sometimes just ugliness, all right? Jesus says we go and have an uncomfortable conversation with the person who hurt us privately first. You know, and, and maybe they'll apologize. Maybe we'll find out we misunderstood. And it was me that had the issue. And, oh, I didn't. I thought you said something else. And, oh, man, or you weren't even talking to me. You were just on the phone. And I thought you were, oh, man. Just saw a funny video this last week of a guy doing this as a prank, walking through a grocery store with his phone up next to him. And he'd walk by, he walks by somebody who's, like, getting some junk food at the grocery store. And he says uh, something like, like, oh, man, you're too heavy to be eating all that junk food. And as, as he's walking by and the person kind of looks, he's like, Oh, I'm on the phone. Sorry. Yeah. Man, yeah, you're too heavy to eat all that junk food. Like, he's just continuing a conversation he's been having with somebody else as he's walking by. And, and as some friend has surreptitiously filmed this so he can put it on the Internet and, and get a laugh. Um, <clears throat> boy, where was I? All of a sudden, I'm on the Internet and, uh, and still sleep-deprived from last night. All right. We are, called, we are called multiple places to live at peace with folks. Sometimes that will mean uncomfortable conversations. The work of peace, working toward peace, is not always easy. And it doesn't always go well for us. Um, sometimes you're doing your best to make peace in, in an uncomfortable situation, and, and it just, it's not good. It just doesn't, you know, it blows up in your face. 
was talking to somebody this last week about, you know, they were saying, oh, what are you talking about Sunday? And I, I tell them, and, and uh, you know, oh, making peace. Now, sometimes that people don't respond well to that. And, and, and they said, like, oh, yeah, I tried to do that one time in jail. I tried to make peace in a situation, and it didn't go well. I didn't try it again after that. I just minded my own business after that point. And, and it's true. Sometimes you try to make peace. You see conflict happening. You see somebody picking on someone else, and you go and you side with the person being picked on. You think, like, that's what Jesus would do, right? He would go and side with the person who's receiving the abuse and say, hey, let's, let's ease up on this guy. And sometimes that just gets you included in the, in the comments or in the abuse or whatever it might be, right? It doesn't always go well for those who work for peace, especially in a world that thinks the, the path to peace is, you know, violence. <laughs> you know, the way we make peace or keep peace is to have the bigger stick, Right, and I'm not. I'm not a politician. I'm not. I don't even pretend. I don't even play one on TV. All right, so I'm not going to comment on national politics or how to wage war or any of that kind of stuff. I just know it's difficult in a in a world that says that that kind of glamorizes violence. It's difficult to to live a, a different way. It's difficult to to follow the the Prince of Peace. It's difficult to follow Jesus, who who makes peace by taking the suffering on himself. Um, I was looking for other places where this peacemaker word is used in Scripture, and that word itself isn't used in that way, like a peacemaker, a person. But the phrase making peace is used in a few different places, like that one from, from James 3 that talks about those who make peace sow the seeds of justice by their peaceful acts. They might not see the, the fruit of it right away, but they're sowing a little seed of justice, a little seed of righteousness. By, by that peaceful act, they're, they're planting a seed that, that, with God's help, might grow someday into something bigger and better. Sometimes that's all we can do is plant the seed. We can try to have a conversation. Even if it doesn't go well, maybe it's planted a seed in their mind that, like, you know what, people do care about me, and this is a problem, and I should get help, and you never know. But there are at least two other places in the New Testament where this phrase, uh, making peace, is used referring to Jesus and what he accomplished. One is in Colossians chapter 1, uh, which spends some time talking about how uh, amazing Jesus is, basically. How uh, he says the Son is the image of the invisible God. And he goes on for a while talking about how he perfectly reflects who God is as he lives here in the world. I think our, uh, our reading today uh, looks at John's gospel and how Jesus shows up full of grace and truth is how he's described. That that's how we can live in the world as, as a people of grace, but a people who also speak truth. The Son is the image of the invisible God. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the way that Jesus made peace and helped open the door for all things to be reconciled to God, to be made right with God. The way he did it was by taking the suffering on himself, not by making someone else suffer by taking it on himself, being willing to take the hit so that we could be reconciled to God, so that the, the conflict between us and God could be ended, so that we could finally know that, that, that God loves us and we could be willing to set down our defenses that we've held up against him. So, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, that you have my best interests in heart. I'm going I'm to let you change my life. I'm going to trust that if, if you're willing to do that for me, if you're willing to bear the weight of sin and, and, and go up against the, the devil and the forces of evil and, and 
suffer and die for me, then okay, I'm going to trust you. And we find ourselves reconciled with this God who loves us that much that he would give himself for us. He makes peace through his blood shed on the cross. And in one other place in Ephesians chapter 2 is a similar moment. Um, the, uh, the Apostle Paul, one of the things he dealt with as he traveled around the, the Greco-Roman world, the Mediterranean world of his day, um, this good news of Jesus starts out as a, with, with the people of Israel, right? It's a, it's a good news that the Jewish Messiah has finally arrived, that God has been at work through his people and, uh, and has been, well, since the very beginning of the story, the way that God has wanted to work in the world is through people, through making Adam and Eve, making humanity as in, in his image, in his likeness as his representatives here, to, to rule through them. That's why he commands them to, to have dominion and to care for his creation. And from the beginning, we have messed that up. <laughs> from the beginning, we have abused our responsibility or our power, or we have neglected the things that we should be doing to care for each other, to care for the world. And we see that right in the opening chapters of, of the book, opening chapters of Genesis. And God chooses a particular people, the, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose name gets changed to Israel, the, the people of Israel, to work through them, to, to continue this work of redemption. He doesn't give up on us, but he's patient and he is good. And the people of Israel, we talked about um, last week, maybe the week before, we talked about that, that God, um, what is that? Is that howling? Okay, all right. Is it children's church? Okay, are there, all right, they're having fun in there. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know what their lesson is today, so anyway. Uh, yeah, it was a couple weeks ago but before we headed into this Lenten season talking about how the people of Israel making their way through the wilderness from, as God sets them free from slavery and leading them to the promised land. They had this 40, end up with 40 years of wandering through the wilderness. And then the snow falls off the roof. Wow, this is a, that's a day of distractions. That's, man. <laughs> Soon there'll be a train and then you know, a car horn or something. <laughs> so God has been at work from the beginning working through people and, uh, and that's been his desire even though we fail at it time and time and time again you know from, from Genesis, Exodus all the way through God, but not, God does not give up on us he continues to want to work with us and through us and here in Jesus he shows up personally on the scene to make peace to do in, as a human being to do what we human beings keep failing to do to actually be faithful. And so the Apostle Paul, as he is taking this good news of Jesus and how he has won the victory over sin and death and the devil, as he's taking this to, to the entire world, there's, there's this tension. Because we've got the, the Jews, like Paul himself was and Jesus himself was, uh, who, who, for them, what it means to be faithful is to follow these laws that we've been given, which includes all kinds of kosher laws about things that we eat and don't eat, all kinds of things that we abstain from and, and don't touch and don't, you know, don't deal with. And, and some of that included like not eating with non-Jews, with Gentiles, because you never know what they might be serving. They might break one of those rules. And, and so you kind of, there was this distance that was created, a wall between the Jewish world and the non-Jewish world, the Gentile world, this wall of hostility. And Jesus comes and breaks that wall down. And that's what the Apostle Paul says in, in Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near. Again, it's by the blood of Christ, by his willingness to, to die for us. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one 
and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Jesus puts us all on common footing. Puts us all on the, on, uh, the same trajectory. If we, if we want peace with God, we come through Jesus and his death on the cross. We trust in, in his redemptive work that he has conquered the powers of sin and death and hell. He is the one in whom we have hope, in whom we can put our trust. And so he has made peace. And so we all have access to God by that same spirit through Jesus Christ. So he says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. He says, God lives in us. And it doesn't matter who we've been or what our background was or where we came from. It doesn't matter what, what tensions may have formerly existed or may even continue to exist to some extent. But we are people who are committed to making peace and to living at peace. And that's why in the church, we should have Republicans and Democrats. We should have uh, any groups that have found themselves kind of at odds with each other. Like it's a good thing when those folks find themselves in the same community, worshiping together and realizing like, you know what? We have some serious disagreements, but we, <laughs> but we both are, are forgiven by God's grace, by the work he's done in Jesus Christ. And, and I can love you in spite of our disagreement. We might go vote differently. We might cheer for different teams. We might have some serious disagreements about how best to love our neighbors, but we're committed to loving them, and we're committed to, to loving God. We're going to live in peace. This is what Jesus does for us. And so think, uh, we're invited today. Uh, one of the things he does for us at the end of today's, oh, let me see if I can find today. Here we go. He invites us to identify a current place of conflict in our lives. What would God have you do to work at peacemaking in this situation? Hmm, man. Okay, what would you have me do, God? What truth needs to be spoken in love? What grace needs to be given? Perhaps through active listening. The attitude of, it's none of my business, does not fly in the Christian life. A significant part of our work is to announce grace and peace everywhere we go. Grace and peace uh, is the way that years ago I started kind of signing off on my emails and things. Um, if, you, if you get an email from me and it doesn't end with like grace and peace, Rich, it might not be from me. I might have been in a hurry. It might be from me. But if it doesn't end that way, and especially if it's asking you to like go buy gift cards or something, you know, it's, it's a scam, all right? It's, it's not really me, okay? Uh, we've had that happen. Um, but that, that greeting or that, you know, salutation, that comes from the Apostle Paul who starts almost all of his letters saying grace and peace to you. Uh, to be believed. He proclaims grace, he proclaims peace, and we are invited to do the same. That wherever we go, people say, you know, that, that person brings grace with them. They are, they are kind to folks. 
they're forgiving. They don't hold grudges. They, these people, man, they, they have received grace and they give grace. And that we are a people of peace. That we're willing to walk into an awkward situation and say, hey guys, can we, can we listen to each other? I, I feel like you guys are talking past each other. Can we listen? I, I care about you both. And let's, see, let's see where we can go with this. We're people who are willing to walk into bad situations and do our best to bring peace. Now again, there are times that you have done all that you can do. As far as it depends on you, you have tried. They are <laughs> committed to the opposite of peace. You know, They are committed not to live at peace with you. or with, And that's sometimes, G Jesus even instructed his disciples, sometimes that's when you, you shake the dust off and you say, okay, you, you do your thing and, and you, you go another direction. And you hope that maybe somebody else, maybe you've planted a seed and maybe someone else can have an impact that, that you're unable to make at this time. That's, that's the good news. It doesn't depend on me. <laughs> it doesn't depend on you, right? It's God who's going to bring peace and we just get to participate in it in whatever way we can. So maybe you have tried and you've, you've spoken truth in love. You have proclaimed grace and peace. You have done your best to help people know, hey, God loves you both, so there's got to be a way to work this out. And, and they wanted none of it. They wanted to fight, you know. Okay. We, we do what we can, and then we let God do the rest, right? This, this whole thing, um, the recognition of this, this whole passage, uh, blessed are these folks, blessed are these, blessed are these people who need blessing. Yes, we might be able to share in, in granting those blessings. Those blessings might flow through us, but we are not the source of those blessings, we are not the source of the peace that people will experience. That's going to come from God. God, God is the one who's, going to, who's the source of those blessings. God is the one who's the source of that peace, who's the source of that grace. And once we get, once we get swept up in it, it's a beautiful thing. I hope that you have experienced this. I hope that you have experienced God making peace with you, having that difficult conversation with you, by his Holy Spirit saying, hey, uh, you're not walking with me. You're kind of walking the opposite direction. You know, you've been living your life instead of living the life I've created you for. I've, I've got a life. It's a beautiful life. I've got it for you, and you've been fighting me. Maybe God's been trying to have a difficult conversation with you, and maybe it's time to say, okay, God, I, <laughs> I hear you. Okay, God, I, I want peace. I want peace with you. I want peace in the world. I want to be a part of what you're doing, not just what I'm trying to do. This is what Jesus is proclaiming. This is what the, the bigger message of Jesus in Matthew's gospel and throughout the scriptures. Uh, just the chapter right before this, I mentioned this last week, in Matthew chapter 4, he's, he's proclaiming, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent. Have a change. Uh, have a change of heart and mind and life. Because the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God. And when God shows up, when, we, when God is allowed to be in charge, when we, hmm, like we could stop him, sorry, allowed to be in charge. Um, <clears throat> when we recognize that God is in charge, when we line our lives up with the fact that God is in charge, that's what repentance means. I'm, I'm aligning myself with you, God, and the work you're doing in the world, the work you're doing in my heart, the work you're doing through me. I'm going to quit working at, at cross purposes with you. I'm going, to, I'm going to start following you. I'm going to start trusting you. And I hope that you have experienced that. 
I hope you've experienced that peace. I hope that you have said yes to him and have let him forgive you and, and, and wash away all the, the, the shame or guilt, the, the disobedience, the, the life of, of sin, frankly, that is so easy for us to get swept up into. I hope that you'll allow him to bless you. I hope that you'll allow him to be merciful to you. I hope you'll allow him to give you peace so that then we can be peacemakers in the world. Let's bow our heads and and let's pray before we celebrate communion together. God, we are so grateful to you for the love you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ, and and for your, your persistent love that you have for each one of us. You were unwilling to just go on with us living at odds with you. You were, you were unwilling to just let us go. And so you came to us in your son, Jesus Christ. You entered into a conflict zone. And you were willing, out of love for us, oh, to take the weight of our sin and the consequence of our sin on yourself. You let us put you to death, Lord Jesus. the ugliness of our sin and our selfishness on full display. And instead of condemning or rejecting us, Jesus, you prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You conquered conquered sin and death and the devil. You showed that your love is more powerful than the worst of our sin by your death and resurrection, Lord Jesus. Our sin was not stronger than your love, your grace. Thank you that we are invited to repent. We are invited to to be honest with you and to own up to the fact that our lives have not looked like the life you would have us to live. That we have been giving in to to selfishness. We've been giving in to sin. We've just been living like everybody else does. God, you invite us into this different way of life. You invite us to learn from Jesus how to live a blessed life, how to be a peacemaker. And yes, sometimes that will not go well for us. Sometimes we will reject those attempts. Sometimes we will find ourselves persecuted, laughed at, rejected. God, if we do, let it be for the, for the right reasons and not the wrong ones. Help us to live in this world as a people of of grace, a people of peace, a people who show respect, a people who are honest, a people who listen, a people who care. God, if they want to say ugly things about us, God, help help us to live in such a way that they just got to make stuff up. They just got to lie about us if they're going to say those ugly things because it's just not true. Because you have helped us by your spirit's transforming work in our lives each and every day, to to better reflect your love and your grace to the people around us. Thank you, God. Thank you for being with us and and giving us hope. Thanks for being with us and, and giving us your peace. God, we know that right now there are many in our congregation and many in our communities, many in our world, who peace is kind of the furthest thing from their experience. The circumstances they're going through are filled with stress, are filled with anxiety, are filled with danger. God, we pray that just like Jesus, you were 
with your disciples in that boat in the middle of that storm and you stood up and you said, peace, be still. And you calmed the wind and the waves. God, I pray that you would change the circumstances for your people today. That you would grant them relief. That you would grant them peace. And God, I pray that even if their circumstances don't change, I pray that you will grant them peace in the midst of it, knowing that the God of the universe is there with them in the boat, in the midst of the storm, knowing that they are not alone. God, grant them strength, grant them confidence, grant them peace. Help us, God, to the best of our ability to follow in the way of Jesus, to be peacemakers here in the world, to be willing to walk into the difficult situations, speak words of grace, speak words of peace, to plant those seeds by the ways that we live. You are good to us, God. To invite us into this is, is a blessing in itself. Thank you. Thank you that each and every day you sustain us and you give us what we need to be this people of grace and peace. God, I'm thinking of the, the celebration of Holy Communion today, this meal that, that feeds us. <laughs> you give us yourself, Lord Jesus. You are a source of life. You are the one who gives us peace that we then can share with others. You are the one who is merciful to us so that we can be merciful. We depend on your grace and on your love, and we thank you that we have this moment to celebrate this and to be reminded once again in a tangible touchable, tasteable way to be reminded of your grace and love. So today we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Spirit's presence here among us, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior, the one who made peace by his blood on the cross. We pray that we might meet him in his body and in his blood. We remember, Lord Jesus, that when you were with your disciples, you took that bread and broke it and gave it to them and said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. You took the cup, blessed it, gave it to them and said, this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have opened up this, this possibility to all of us to live as a part of this new humanity no longer defined by old uh, grudges or grievances or divisions, but now, God, united by your love for us, embraced as part of your family, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters together. So, God, today we offer you ourselves and pray that you will continue your work of, of breaking down the, the hostility that sometimes exists between us, that you will help us to be a people who are, who are quick to confess our fault and, and the role that we have played in, in conflicts and quick to forgive those who have harmed us so that we can live in peace, so that we can model for the world what it looks like to be a, a people who make peace. God, we are imperfect people. As we offer ourselves to you, we are trusting in the transforming work of your Holy Spirit and your grace at work, uh, sanctifying us, cleansing us, changing us, so that we can, in fact, be a people of grace and peace in the world. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. 
Thank you for transforming our lives. We are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The musicians are going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it, and return to your seats. It's open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. Uh, all of us who are hungry for his grace and thankful for his love. Uh, we've got the regular bread and the gluten-free wafers, and we've got the little cups that you can take back to your seat. Or if you don't want to join the procession, we have them there at the tables where, as we sing, you can peel it back and, and eat the bread and peel it back and, and drink the juice. This is open for all of us uh, to come together as, a, as one people, uh, united by God's grace and love that he's shown us in Jesus Christ. So let's celebrate. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my This is my daily bread, your very word spoken to me, and I, I'm desperate for you.
Thank you again, God, for the grace that you give to us each and every day, leading us by your Holy Spirit to be a people who can reflect your grace, your love, your peace to the people around us. Fill us today with the Spirit of Christ, we pray, so that we might live in this world transformed as the body of Christ, as your hands and feet, your sons and daughters, that we might be, well, peacemakers who are called children of God because we're, we're living a life that looks like you. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, before I leave you with this little blessing, I forgot. I wanted to thank all those of you who came out this last week, helped us with Family Promise, helped us shelter a homeless family, bringing meals, staying the night, all that. Thank you so much. And uh, before we took the, that big old pile of bras up to Chesterton for free the girls, uh, I, I weighed them because I was just curious. I'm like, I don't know what 11 totes of bras is. And so did the whole, you know, weighed myself with an empty tote and then weighed all the 157 pounds of bras that you guys donated and your friends donated that now are going, you know, around the world so that women can sell them and and um, instead of having to sell themselves and um, provide you know, a new kind of economic freedom, a new kind of freedom for their lives. So thank you guys for being um, peacemakers, for being agents of good in the world. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Uh, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.